Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, boys, just got to work. Let's get back to work, guys. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. You need a job so you can pay. Get a job. You don't got to go to work, work, work. Working night to night. I suck at this job. He works hard. Welcome to the work my fellow employees, it gives me great pleasure to say you are a good worker and a good man. Gotta wake up and Ellen's wrong. Just get ready for work, 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 work. Is this your handiwork and you bring in an independent contractor to finish the job? God, I can't wait to quit this job. You know what? You all suck. I quit. And now getting you to work, it's Bob and Sharon. Welcome to a brand new week, and I want to kick today's show off. I want to ask you guys a question, because I have seen and and now because I saw it and clicked on it, it's in my social feeds a lot. Um, what I think is a troubling new trend, and it involves the tooth fairy. Some parents in America are giving their, well, let me rephrase that. Some parents in America have a tooth fairy who gives the kids everything from cash money to a new iPhone to a gaming system to a designer book bag. And I'm just wondering, like, what the what? Why are we doing this? Like, I don't I don't know what the tooth fairy in your town, what the going rate was, but it was about like a dollar yep. <laughs> where I live. Yeah. yeah, I can't even remember, but it wasn't more than two dollars. A designer bag to a, uh, a three year old. Yeah. And a brand new iPhone. And um, <laughs> yeah. Like one woman, so so I as I've as I have um, been looking at these more and more of these posts about look what the tooth fairy brought. I was like, man, don't let Olivia and Karamia see this because they're going <laughs> to wonder why we didn't move to a better tooth fairy zone. But like, or they're going to start this, yanking their teeth out. Yeah, their permanent <laughs> teeth. One of these one of these little girls found um, under her pillow a hundred dollars a sterling silver fairy <laughs> necklace and a bracelet from Louis Vuitton. Oh, it's so wrong. Like, like our tooth fairy, our tooth fairy was a little more uh, old school than that. Our tooth fairy, like it was four quarters or a dollar. Um, I know when each of my girls lost their first like molar kind of tooth. Okay. It was five, but like a Louis Vuitton bracelet, I would like the tooth fairy to bring a Louis Vuitton bracelet and leave it under my pillow. What do you think? I always about feel this? sorry. I always feel sorry for the guy that courts years and years later, courts 
for a lifetime of marriage, a girl who experienced that at the age of three or whatever it was. Because yeah. if you're starting out that way, you know, with a Louis Vuitton whatever, at the age of three, yeah. and you probably get a nice BMW when you turn 16, and, you know, you're going to celebrate your 21st birthday um, in Honolulu with your uh, girlfriends flying first class. If you're the guy who ponies up because you just think she's the cutest thing in the world, uh, GFL. <laughs> now, if, well, if you have more money than you know what to do with, okay, you know, mm -hmm. spend your money. But if you're a working stiff or even a guy that's fairly successful that takes on someone who is used to that, it's going to be a tough ride for you, buddy. Set aside some guy who's picking up the tab because there are some of us who have not experienced that at all, ever. And think right. about the, the child herself whose expectations of reality are so scaled to the insane. That's going right. to, she's going to be chasing what? Like this exactly. idea. Like, and everything ha having a price tag on it. Like, it's nuts. There was this one photo I saw on my Instagram um, of the child. And you know how little kids are when they're losing their baby teeth, okay? Mm -hmm. This tiny child is standing in front of a hall that included, like, a Barbie Jeep. Like, are you kidding me? If that's the tooth fairy, what the heck is poor Santa up to? Like, well, the Tooth Fairy brought her a Barbie Jeep and a Louis Vuitton bracelet and a $500 gift card. So I guess Santa's going to buy her a ski house in Vail. Like, what <laughs> are we doing as parents? It's crazy. So the, quest crazy. the question is um, to parents, uh, about parents like that, I think it's one of two things. They have been so used to a life of luxury and um, uh, money uh, social status and everything that this is just a part of their life, a Barbie Jeep inside the house <coughs> with a $4,000 handbag. It's either that or the parents are so empty that they are filling their lives saying to the world, hey, look at me. Look what I can do for my kid that you can't crazy. do your kid. Crazy, yeah. crazy, 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 crazy. And folks, if you do this for the tooth fairy, how are you going to pay for braces? Because that's what, that's what comes yeah. after the tooth fairy. All right, we got morons in the news coming up for you. We have a round of Bob and Sherry small plates. And the hilarious comedians Arna Greg and everyone needs a laugh. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. When Mary and I relocated and sold our old house and uh, moved into a new one, you know, it was a new place, and she immediately went out and found about 780 friends within uh, one month because that's the way she is. She loves <laughs> to be around a lot of people, people like her, and she's very friendly, you know, and all of that. So she has a lot of friends, and I, as anybody who listens to the show uh, on a regular basis knows, I am um, more um, a lone wolf. I like to have the friends that I know both here on the show and I have a few other friends scattered around the country, but I do not have a guy friend where we live. And she came to me because these articles are everywhere and she's a therapist. So she sees all of them. If you don't have people in your life that you're relating to on a regular basis, who are your friends, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you can get kind of squirrely. 
It's not good for your health. So she's been saying, you have, you have got to make a friend. You've got this new year. You've got to make a friend this year. And so uh, one of her <laughs> friend's husband is relocating from New York City, getting out of the city and um, living near us. And I've been to a couple of social engagements and he's a really nice guy. And we clicked just like that. I mean, he's, I'd see him, you know, I've seen him like three times. And as soon as I go to the next party, there he is. And immediately I feel more comfortable because I've talked to this guy before and I like him. I don't know a lot about him yet. I don't know where he is politically. I don't know, you know, where he is. Not that that would make a tremendous amount, but you know, these days, maybe sometimes it would. I don't, I don't know if he's, you know, into sports. I, we're, we're going to find out because I've decided to have lunch with him on Friday. We're going to have lunch. Uh, he talked to Mary and he said, you know, I really would like to see if I could be a friend of Bob's, but I don't know how to deal with. It. I don't know how to approach it because I think he picked up a vibe that I'm kind of superficial with friendships and that, yeah, it was nice seeing you at the party. Maybe I'll see you six months from now. But he said, I would, I don't know how to approach it. So once I heard that, I knew that I had to make the approach. So um, we were together and with uh, Mary's friends. And I said, um, John, I, I'd love to have lunch with you. Uh, and, you know, his face lit up because the burden was off of him. So he said, great, I'll text you. And uh, you, you pick the place and blah, blah, blah. So I picked the place and we're going there uh, after work. on. On Friday, the words "I'd like to have lunch with you" have not come out of my mouth. I can't even—I can't even remember. I mean, I don't know if I've ever said that to a guy before. It's always been to you know a woman that I wanted to date. Um, so I'm—I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it, and I may have a friend. He—I found Good out he plays you. golf, and maybe I'll get back into playing golf again. Good for you. I'm really—I'm really proud of you for taking that step, and I agree. I cannot remember the last time you used the sentence, I would like to have lunch with you. And I don't mean since you've moved or even since COVID. I mean, since like ever. Because <laughs> typically, um, because we talk, 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 talk. You always like to Thank have you. lunch alone. Thank you for saying that. The idea that I am yakking with you for five uh, six hours straight, sometimes more than that. And then I have to go out and have lunch with somebody and, and make, you know, conversation. It was just, it was too much for me. It was too yeah. much talking. I mean, you didn't want to have lunch. In fact, we would have lunch meetings sometimes and you would look like a man who was being slowly eaten by a shark. I mean, you just hated it. And, <laughs> and that's okay because you are talked out. You are. I am. And you needed, I am talked out. You needed a break. And you just wanted to eat lunch and get on with the day. So, yeah, good for you. And I'm with Mary. But people, it's important to make a friend. Yeah. People who don't do what we do, they don't understand it, though. You know, they go to work at 830 in the morning. And uh, they're going to work, you know, throughout the morning. And then it's lunchtime. And if you have a job where you can do it, they could say, hey, I, I've got a one-hour lunch break. Why don't we have lunch? That's fine. But they're not doing what we're doing. Because when you're, when you're having lunch, you're just not going to sit there and say nothing. You know, you've got to come up with something to say. And, well, and two, know. and and on top of it, people don't realize. They think that when the show is over, we all go home. They don't realize yeah. how long we work and how long the days are. And 
I can't just zip out and have lunch because that screws all of you guys over. So yeah, the lunch other, is a fraught thing in our world, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and, and the other thing is this. I'm talking to you about the stuff that we talk about, right? So I'm across the table, and that's all I've been doing all morning long. So my head is right there, and there's a guy across the table. And suppose I say something like, how do you think Brittany's getting along these days? And I'm just, <laughs> it's, just, it's kind of bizarre. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Here we go! It's Bob and Sherry. The craziest. Moronic. Asinine. With Morons in the News. This takes place in Sandusky, Ohio. There is a public library, and the grounds, of course, after a certain hour, are closed. You just can't be there. After being arrested again for trespassing on the grounds of an Ohio library... The suspect explained to the police that, quote, a higher power allowed him to be there at 1.20 in the evening. Uh, Carnal Gittens is his name. He uh, said he checked in with God and then secured permission to be on the library. He's just, he's walking around, he's, you know, rattling doors, that sort of thing. He was arrested. He has previously been arrested for the same thing, trespassing at the library at uh, one or two o'clock in the morning. And again, people were asking him, the police were asking him, why are you doing this? You know this is trespassing. And he said, I just check in with God. And God said, it's okay. He's nicknamed Cloud. And I think I know how he got the nickname. (laughs) He's up there. In In Louisville, Kentucky, a deputy in Jennings County stopped at a local business to use the restroom when he realized the employee of the business had been smoking methamphetamine. According to a post from the Jennings County Sheriff's Office, one of their deputies stopped at the local business. When he entered the restroom, he found a meth pipe that was still smoking. The deputy left the restroom and confronted the employee of the business that was working at the time. The employee, 64-year-old David Colette, admitted to the deputy that, yes, he had been smoking the meth pipe and he had left it when he heard a customer enter the business. Little did he suspect the customer was going to be the police. Colette was arrested and deputies stuck around until the manager arrived. An investigation revealed that Colette was on parole and he told the deputies that he was smoking the meth because his parole agent was on vacation for two weeks. So he was on vacation. I love the luckiest day. I love the honesty, though. You know, and yep. of all of us, only Max has worked the uh, graveyard shift at a hotel. So only Max is qualified to judge this man. I think those hours must crawl by. Oh, my. You have no <laughs> idea. Uh, Let's go to today's moron of the day. This happened at a hotel in England where, of course, the laws are different and and so um, are the responses to certain things. People called 911 and said, you, you have to come. There's a man armed with a very large knife waiting for an elevator. So a number of like highly trained, heavily armed police officers with firearms responded to this hotel. And they located the man, and they discovered that he was not holding a large knife. He's a Harry Potter fan. He was holding (laughs) a large wand. 
Now, there is no report if any of the officers were quick enough on their feet to yell, Expelliarmus, while pointing at the <laughs> No one was harmed. Um, here's what the police said. No one was harmed. It was all a misunderstanding. And a quick search established that there was no sign of Voldemort on the premises. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. We'll get today's Moron of the Day posted up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. And um, coming up for you, we have the really funny comedian, Zarna Gray. And we're going to take you inside the Cheetos Wedding Chapel. But I must remind you that Valentine's Day is in the rear view, but it's Love Month all month long here on Bob and Cherry. And you can hop over to B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com and enter to win yourself a me party prize pack. Because if nobody else celebrated you and told you you were amazing, you can do it for yourself. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And while you're on the contest page, maybe nominate your favorite teacher for the Bob and Sherry Teacher Salute. We want to send teachers, your favorite teacher, to the Margaritaville Beach Resort in Fort Myers Beach, Florida. And you can find that at bobandsherry.com. Don't go anywhere. We got a big old show to kick off your work week. This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. This is such a sweet little story. Wayne the Wombat, who lives at the Satsukiyama Zoo in Japan, was rescued from his mother's pouch after she was struck by a car back in 1989. Oh, wow. Wayne the Wombat, and you love his name, Wayne has been living at the zoo for 34 years. He now holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the oldest living wombat. How about that? He took the record from Patrick the Wombat, who was 30 years old at an Australian wildlife park. Wombats average only 5 to 15 years in the wild. But Uh wombats in captivity? I mean... That's something. And the zookeeper at, at the zoo in Japan told the Guinness Book that Wayne is a miraculous wombat. And here's the <laughs> lesson for all of us. His long lifespan is attributed to his low-stress lifestyle. His keeper said, ready? Wayne sleeps when he wants to sleep and eats when he wants to eat. And y'all, some of us yep. are going to have ex-husbands yep. that live forever. That's all I'm yep. going to say. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to give the kids a I want to give the kids a fun fact. Um, a couple years ago on Can You Believe This, I did a whole segment on wombats because they really are the most extraordinary little creatures. Wombats poop is cube shaped naturally. It just that's how it comes out, kids, and that is the kind of chunk of knowledge that a child will remember. Yeah. Yeah, and the I know audience. you're uncomfortable, Bob. I know yeah. you're uncomfortable, but right. nature is extraordinary. Why do wombats have cube-shaped poop? Oh, I don't this know. This is what I want to know. Oh, you don't have an answer. I, oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with a combination of their diet and the way various organs yeah. in their bodies are shaped. I'm but sure the little that's perfect, <laughs> little perfect cubes. Round of okay. applause for the miraculous yeah. way the wombats. <laughs> And for the end of that description, yes. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Nissan. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Zarna Gregg. Namaste. 
Anyway, it's so exciting to be here. This may come as a shock to some of you, but I'm an immigrant. <laughs> and when I say that, people often wonder if I have a sad, depressing backstory. And I do. <laughs> it was hard to come here. I flew coach. <laughs> and everything is complicated in America. My 11-year-old son came home from school the other day and he said, Mom, my school has asked me to declare my pronouns. What should I say? I told him, you tell them you're Indian. Your pronoun is doctor. <laughs> so I live in New York City with my husband and three kids. Two boys. Woohoo! One girl, whatever about her. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's fine. She has a therapist. That's right, I pay $3.50 an hour so the two of them can talk smack about me. <laughs> and my daughter, she's dating a white boy. Yeah. No, no, it's okay, it's a phase. Everybody goes through it. <laughs> and I've been most supportive. I told her, you do you whatever makes you happy, because if I don't say that, that's six more sessions at 3.50 an hour. <laughs> but I did say to her, I said, listen to me, it's fine you're dating this boy, but please don't post a photo with him on the Instagram. And she goes, why not? I said, because if your grandma, dadi, sees it, she will drop dead. <laughs> then I thought about it, I said, okay, post the photo. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing I can be a little immigranty. you may have picked up on it and my kids are very much born and raised in America so we're constantly butting heads on how they think and how I think and in a spirit of trying to understand them I said to them why don't you pick a TV show that we can all watch together and they picked The Bachelor <laughs> Now, in this show, The Bachelor, there are a lot of beautiful women wearing very tiny, tiny clothes. And they're all chasing after this one guy, The Bachelor. And this guy, he's just a regular guy. He's not a doctor or anything. <laughs> and the whole show, this guy is making out, having sex, making out, having sex, making out, having sex with each of these different women. And because of this show, my kids think that that's what a relationship is. So my son says to me, mom, dad and you are going to get divorced. I said, why would you say that? He goes, because I never see you making out. <laughs> I said, we don't make out because we are not on TV. You put us on a reality show and pay us, we act out the whole Kama Sutra. <laughs> And then he went to throw up. <laughs> but the thing about the Kama Sutra is that it is true Indian people wrote it, but I can promise you no Indian man has ever read it. It's a lot like the Americans and their constitution. <laughs> But forget about all this. Let me tell you about my 17-year-old son. So handsome. I'll show you a photo afterwards if you want. 
I just got the best piece of news about him. You're not going to be able to handle it. My 17-year-old son is now five foot eight and one quarter inches tall. <laughs> this is amazing because the average Indian man is five foot five inches. America made my son taller. <laughs> Usually, it makes people fatter. My husband and I are both short people. We used to pray to God that our son should be tall. But there is no Hindu god of height. 19,000 Hindu gods and not one for the thing every Indian person needs. I mean, what good is it having all these extra arms if you can't reach anything anyway? Thank you, That's one of the most unusual comics I've ever heard in my life. She's yeah. That's about. one you haven't heard before. She is so funny. We'll get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Click the menu tab. Look for everyone needs a laugh. This is Bob and Cherry. Just in time for Love Month at the Bob and Cherry store, we have plush animals wearing a Bob and Cherry caricature shirt. We have bunnies, Bears, jaguars, lions, and pandas, oh my! If you'd like to pick up one for the love in your life, or you want to get one for yourself, all you have to do is go on over to the Bob and Sherry store, conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast, Oddcast, on the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, there's been so much talk about Las Vegas because of the Super Bowl and all. And I have not been there in decades. So the place I'm sure that I recall, it's nothing no. like that now. There are so no, you many. Have it. What, what is up? And then I want to tell you about something I'm looking at. What is up with that sphere thing they kept showing? It's the coolest. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's this gig- It's a literal gigantic sphere that dominates the entire landscape. And it's constantly changing. And I, somebody posted on their social last week, they live right near the sphere. And they're like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to sleep at night with this? And the sphere was like a big giant cartoon eyeball. And they took the shot of it through their bedroom window. <laughs> it's, it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And you can go inside the sphere right. for like concerts and shows and stuff. It's really neat. So they project, they can have different ways of projecting whatever the image is on the outside, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about different ways, but the images can change all the time. It's incredible yeah, yeah. to see it, especially at night. If you come into Vegas at night and you see mm-hmm. the sphere for the first time, it's like um, a sci-fi movie set. It's wild. So that is very, very contemporary. This is old school. I am looking at a picture now of the Cheetos Matrimonial Chapel, and it's in Las Vegas. There's an old building, and there are not very many old buildings in Las Vegas, an old brick building, and they have wrapped the entire building like a Cheetos bag. There's a big uh, neon sign outside that says, The Cheetos Chapel, Mischief and Matrimony. And there's a fountain that's filled with bags of Cheetos, and uh, it's orange and black, and you can get married there, Mischief and Matrimony. They have uh, pastors to do it. And I'm going to ask you right now, is that place only used 
by drunken people? I mean, that's a good question. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't get it's married time at of the day. Cheetos. Yeah, the Cheetos Chapel. It opened right before the Super Bowl, so they sort of. Oh, it did. did it. Yeah, they did it in connection with that. I think there's there's a certain couple, and it's not just the guy that there's a certain couple who think that's a hoot. And it may be their second marriage, you know, their their kids are grown maybe, or maybe, you know, they've never been married before and they're just both wild childs and they found themselves in Vegas. And I'm not saying they're loaded, but they decide to get married and they pick the Cheetos Chapel because it's going to look great on Instagram and their friends are going to think it's a hoot. But is it one of those things that a year from now, after you say I do, do you regret it? Do you regret because your mother was ticked off or, you know, uh, it, your kids are yeah. ticked off or whatever? Do you regret having tied the knot at the Cheetos Chapel? You probably should. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't get married at the Cheetos Chapel, but I might do a vow renewal at the Cheetos Chapel. I was thinking that, too. Yeah. yeah. And I I don't know why I'm being like, you know, harsh on the Cheetos Chapel. You would think like, well, girl, as many weddings as you have, why not have one at the Cheetos Chapel? But <laughs> there's something a little, um, uh, I, I don't know. There's like a weird trashy impermanence to it. I think I could there only is. do a vow renewal. Yeah. And speaking of vow renewals, do you think that people that do vow removals renewals you think it's like a last holy uh hail mary pass because the the relationship is not doing well and so you uh, say i don't think so you don't think i so? don't either because no. bob the only people that i know personally who've done vow renewals have mm -hmm. been married for a very long time and that and they're still married after the vow renewal That's good. Tony, i guess tony our syndicator did vow renewal my parents did that too yeah. really when did tony yeah. do that when donna told him to <laughs> yeah that sounds about right i don't that i don't have the exact right. date but that yeah, was roughly, uh, approximately when that happened um, I don't, I mean, I hear what you're saying and it, I can see how that would be like, baby, I'm so sorry. Let's go redo our vows. Like I can see yeah. that, but it's yeah. just, and, and I'm curious to hear cause other than like Lamar and Max, like, does any, does anybody else know anybody that used it as a Hail Mary? Cause to me, it's always been like, well, no. mom and dad have been married 30 years and they're going to renew their vows this year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mary knows a couple of people that did it and uh, it didn't work out. It was a Hail Mary pass. Well, shame on them. Maybe next time they'll just throw their wedding money away at the Cheetos Chapel. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> Small Plates is sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. It's time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. Back when Prince Harry and Meghan Markle stepped back from being working royals, they promised the late Queen Elizabeth that they would not use the Sussex royal name in their new projects. Now the couple's Archwell and Sussex royal websites are being redirected to Sussex.com, which makes critics furious. It makes them furious because they are using the royal coat of arms on the homepage. 
and Harry and Meghan's titles are being used in their bios. With the backlash, Markle is defending the decision by crediting the team working on the site, the same group that headed up creating her blog, The Tig. So it just sounds like they're trying to kind of squeeze a little something royal there because nothing sells like a connection to royalty. You'll see it all over London if you ever visit. We're the official uh, clothier of the royal family, and they'll have a little oh, yeah. uh, emblem the warrant, above yeah. above the front door. You know, you know what I think that's about, exactly right. You know what I think? I think that um, after Prince Harry flew from Los Angeles to London because his father had been diagnosed, the king had been diagnosed with cancer, and he got there, and he had a terse 30-minute visit with his father before the king and Camilla left. And his brother wanted no part of him, and nobody would let him stay anywhere, and he ended up in a hotel. I think he flew back to Los Angeles and said to Megan, girlfriend, it's on. Yeah, That's what I think happened. It sounds, you know, you may be right. What have we got to lose at this point, right? Only Murders in the Building Season 4 is shifting locations Instead of the latest death being at the Arconia, that's an apartment place in New York City, the crime shifts to Los Angeles. Molly Shannon has been added to the cast, and Disney is hinting that Meryl Streep may return. Of course, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez are returning. I just have to say that if these three show up in an apartment building that I'm managing... I'm not letting them rent. <laughs> no. I'm going. I I gotta Nothing have a, I gotta have home. a big deposit at the very least. <laughs> that that was one of the you know I thought that was a charming show and I watched the first few episodes. But then does it not occur to anybody else? What's the likelihood, even in New York, of this one building having so many murders? <laughs> it's just and then they move to Los but, Angeles and the same thing's going to be happening. Rent is so expensive in New York. It's so hard to find a place that I promise you New Yorkers are like, eh, you know, you maybe get murdered. You maybe don't. What are you going to do? It's 1,200 square feet of rent-controlled space. I'm taking it. It's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. This is, this is such a sweet story. A Vegas family gets their missing cat back after two years. A Las, wow. Va- a Las Vegas family was joyfully reunited with their cat, Here's the cat's name, Lucifer. Is that not a great? Oh, cat? That's so good. Is that, that is not great. a great so cat good. name, yeah, Lucifer? Especially good. if it's a black cat. I don't know if it is. Two years after he went missing, they got the cat back. The cat had disappeared, and listen to what it did. It disappeared after being let outside. It got lost, started wandering through the streets of Vegas, and was found recently living inside a wall in an alley six miles away from home. So the cat, that shows you how resourceful animals are. The cat does not know where it is, but it was still able to find an opening in a wall to uh, to get out of the weather. And the family is so grateful, they microchipped their cat and they're crediting the technology with Lucifer's successful recovery. The family is, uh, thrilled and becoming advocates for microchipping. Well, good for them. Good for them. And very quickly, to wind up, another TV thing, Frasier is going to see the return of another character with the new Frasier update. Kelsey Grammer is teasing. They're working 
with Brian Cox to do a guest shot to help flesh out David Crane's character. So oh, there you go. If you're okay. you're a fan, it's been I think good. Lamar it's been good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, it's, like it's it. been good. It's been good. They're doing a good job. They really are. And that's small plates for right now. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. This is interesting. A lawsuit was filed in federal court on Valentine's Day in California accusing Match.com, Tinder, Hinge, and other dating apps of intentionally designing the app with game-like features that lock users into perpetual pay-to-play loops and that those apps, and this is going to just come as a shock to the seven people alive that don't understand consumer capitalism, these apps prioritize profit over promises to help users find love. I'll be talking. No. I know, no. right? Like, get yeah. the hell out of here. I thought it was a public service. So the right. lawsuit also claims that these apps are designed to turn users into addicts who keep purchasing ever more expensive subscriptions and upgrades in the hope of, well, maybe, maybe the only way you're really going to find your person is if you are at the highest level. So the lawsuit says that Match.com's business model depends on generating returns through the monopolization of user attention, and they've guaranteed their success by creating dating app addiction that drives this perpetual scrolling. Six users of Match.com have filed this lawsuit. And though the focus is on adult um, users, because that's who uses these dating apps, um, this lawsuit, this idea of deliberate addiction to drive mm-hmm. profits without delivering on promises mm-hmm. is also coming for pretty much everything else that we do online. So it's not your imagination. If you're scrolling and scrolling on Match or Hinge and you're never being connected <laughs> with anyone that makes sense. Yeah. Turns out, I, I know, sit down. Those apps are just here to make money. Huh. They don't care if you find love. Or if the cigarette industry had just thought about that. I yeah, know they'd it. only... Or the, I know, or right the Oxycontin family. Who, who, who's that Oxycontin the family? The Sacklers, yeah. Yeah, Sacklers. that sounds the same thing, really. Hmm. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. It is talkback time. You can call us on the phone at 844 844- 52 Sherry, or you can download the free Bob and Sherry app in the Apple Store or Google Play and use it to listen to all of the podcasts, including Talking Lamar and the Oddcast and True Word Stuff. And you can listen to the show every day and enter contests in Texas Studio and tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk, and the app will do the rest. Hey, besties. I was listening to your podcast um, from the 13th talking about the like near death or fake death experience whatever where you get buried alive in a coffin um and i just have to say as a mom of three under three uh two of those are twins by the way and just a wife and woman in general it sounds kind of amazing to just be able to lay down in the dark where it's really quiet and nobody can touch you for just a few minutes. So I understand why people would want this. I get it. 
I kind of want it. That being said, <laughs> I absolutely love my husband. I love my children. They're the best parts of me. Wouldn't trade it for anything. But man, to just lay down in the dark and silence for a few minutes, that sounds like a dream. So I do understand. Okay. Love y'all. See you. Bye. <laughs> Once again, Listen. she has three under the age of three. Um, Listen, best. I get it. Our, our oldest daughter has two and a half year old twins and a nine month old baby that just uh. pulled himself up to standing. Mm. She gets it too. Yeah, she gets it. Too. Listen, I, I, I have a four year old for three days and I'm exhausted. You know, let alone adding the two-year-old, my two grandchildren, and I am just wiped out. And that's just for three days, let alone seven days a week, because there's Ooh. no vacation if you're a parent at that age. There's no getting away. And it's that time of the year where everybody's constantly sick. If you have little kids, like you've probably been sick since Labor Day on and off. Right, and right. Most people, I mean, if we're real, most people listening right now don't live in a place where they can go outside and play in February. It's cold. So you've been sick since Labor Day and it's cold. And right now, an escape room experience where you're buried alive. Yeah, that sounds you're right. That sounds like a spa day. I get it. I didn't think you did you hear her voice? How how soft? And monotoned almost it was, as if she's saying serenity now. Just, just don't too, lose control. She's too tired to even like yeah, speak at full it. volume with any inflection. Wow. Right. Oh my gosh. We need to come up with a contest to help people in that situation. Um, I think we have another one though that's kind of related, Max. Hey Bob Sherry, Max, Doc. I'm a funeral director in Marion, Illinois, and I just listened to the episode where people are going to these escape rooms and wanting to be locked in coffins and um, having, you know, crematory experiences. Listen, y'all don't need, you don't need to go to an escape room. Just come on down to the funeral home. I'll pop you in a coffin if we have a crematory on site. I'll let you pop your head in there. It's about 1,600 degrees, but, you know, (laughs) also... If you could prearrange your funeral while you're here, would be great. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> oh, I love oh, her. Marketing 101. Wow. Marketing 101. Oh, I'll tell you what. That's a tough I business to market. You're right. She just found a way to do it. You know, I, was I sitting trying met... to... Go ahead, Lamar. I, I was sitting here trying to think how much money you would have to pay me to get into a coffin and close it. I, I don't know. I mean, realistically, I mean, I would for a certain amount of money, but I don't know. How much, though? No, be real. Like, be absolutely serious. And you can't say $20 million, like, today, no, this no, afternoon. No, no. If it's not going to be a long, long time, probably 20000 tax-free. 20, okay, how about if you're in the coffin from noon to 4 p.m.? Bob, Lamar, Max, how much? Doc, how much? Noon to 4 p.m.? I would do it for 5K. But the thing that really would upset me would be I'm lying there. And, of course, Mary is going to be, you know, part of the situation in the room. As it starts to close, just seeing her face, and we just 
lock eyes, and I say to myself, we really know each other, right? We really know each other. I don't think I could, I couldn't, for no, I don't, I, I couldn't make it. I would want to do it. I'd want to do it for like a million dollars, but I couldn't make it. I couldn't do it. Oh. I need a new front I'd lose end. My of, mind. I need a new front end of my car. It's $2,000. I would do it for $2,000. There it is. There All right, we have our winning bid, ladies and gentlemen, to be buried alive. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So over the last weekend, I was at a hatchet throwing contest I was competing in. And, uh... <laughs> How'd that go? How'd that go? What's what's with all the laughter there? Hatchet throwing. (laughs) Well, I learned a lot. Let me just say that. It was uh, a late celebration of Mary's birthday with some of her friends and their husbands. So there were like nine people at this place where you can you can drive go-karts inside, race against each other, and they put the results up on a screen. You know, you can see where you were. And then they have the hatchet throwing area where they've got, you know, obviously some boards that are very uh, easy for supposedly for a hatchet to stick into very porous. And there are two of them. And so I figured, yeah, all right, I can throw a hatchet. I don't know that I ever have, but I can probably do this. And while they were giving directions on how to throw the hatchet, my mind kind of wandered because I figured, kind of directions do I need? There's the bullseye. I'm going to throw a hatchet at <laughs> And I started looking at other stuff, like the cars riding around real fast and, you know, and all of that. So um, we started with the competition. And again, on a screen, you can see where you are. And so uh, a couple of the women went up first. One of the women, she was tiny, but she took that hatchet and I looked in her eyes as she was throwing it. She she nailed it. Bullseye picked up another hatchet, threw it almost a bullseye. And every time she hit, her face became more excited and her eyes almost almost were on fire. She was so excited. And then she handed it to the next woman. The next woman was fantastic. One of the guys was pretty good, too. And then it was my turn. I took the hatchet and I went, I have, you know, this is pretty easy. And I threw it, and it bounced off the wall and fell. And I had to go get it again. I went, all right, well, it's probably an anomaly. I threw it again, nothing. I threw it seven times, and it stuck once. And I was kind of sad. I'm going, and then here come the women again. And the one with the wild eyes, she's up again. Wham! Mary is doing great. Here was the deal, at least I hope. I I started to feel bad about myself. Have you lost all muscle? Have you lost all? You better get into the gym, buddy. The guy was explaining that when you throw a hatchet, you throw it with your arm kind of stiff. You don't cock your wrist. Whereas every time I threw it, I was cocking my wrist. Like in golf, it's an extra lever to get a little more distance. Well, in hatchet throwing, that does not work. So I I came in second to last. And then we competed with the uh, go-karts. You know how I drive. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Mary won the first race 
And she won by, we were given instructions again, do not drive into other drivers. Cool. She drove, she drove into two of her best friends here, yep. just plowed into them to get ahead. And she won. I came in second to last. I beat a 65 <laughs> year old woman who's five feet tall. <laughs> I she think must have run out lost, of gas. Yeah, I think you cost yourself a lot of time looking for the turn signal in the go kart. They just don't have those. I might have. I might have. I crashed one time because I came around a corner too fast. And then here, here come two of the women behind me. They blew right by me. That feeling, I'm just going to be honest. As a guy, as a guy not being able to handle that turn and seeing two babes go by. And you, you could almost hear them laughing, you know. That was so emasculating for me. It really was. And I'm kind of an open-minded guy. But boy, oh boy, the maleness just surged up like, what is the matter with you? And then I realized they're going to post the results up on the wall. Again, me and then the 65-year-old, five-foot-tall lady. How did you do at skee-ball, though? I bet you took those ladies to school at skee-ball. Did did they didn't have that. They only had, those, they only had those two things. I'm just oh, telling no. you, watch out. And, and and for that guy who's married to the woman who enjoyed throwing the hatchet so much, I'd sleep with one eye open, my friend. I would sleep with one eye open. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by Avatar, The Last Airbender on Netflix, February 22nd. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this shit. So Amelia Earhart's back in the news. What with those investigators thinking they may have found yes. the wreckage of her plane at the bottom of the Pacific oh, yeah. Ocean. I, I saw and, the uh, She vanished on July 2nd, 1937 with her navigator, Fred Noonan. And the case has been unsolved ever since. It took, for, uh, it took two years for 1939 for Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan to be declared legally dead, even though... We never really knew and don't know to this day what happened. So there are five major theories. Some of them are kind of conspiracy theories about what happened to Amelia Earhart. And I thought it would be fun to touch on those since um, we may be about to discover if that wreckage is her plane or not. The first theory is that the plane crashed, ran out of fuel while trying to locate Howard Island, which was really tiny. And Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan crashed into the open Pacific and drowned. What supports that theory? The many distress calls to the U.S. Coast Guard ship uh, explaining that they were low on fuel and could not find Howard Island. Now, President Franklin Roosevelt authorized a search and rescue mission that that cost $4 million, but they never found any trace of the wreckage or either of the passengers on that plane, right? Which brings Mm -hmm. us to... Conspiracy theory number two, Amelia Earhart knew she was running low on fuel, and so she did land the plane safely, just not on Howard Island. The International Historic Aircraft Recovery Group thinks that she landed on Gardner Island, which was a nearby deserted island. It's now called Nicomaruru Island, Mm -hmm. Um, and she died along with Fred Noonan as a castaway. But no evidence have been found 
of the plane or either of the people. So that's nothing but a conspiracy theory, which brings us to the third guess. Um, a photo was discovered in the National Archives that shows a woman who looks very similar to Amelia Earhart sitting on a dock in the Marshall Islands near a man who looks an awful lot like navigator Fred Noonan. And it's that theory that's, it's that photograph that sparked the theory that they didn't crash at all, landed in the Marshall Islands, and were taken prisoner by the Japanese military. So a retired government investigator named Les Kinney um, told, I think it was NBC, that the photo is proof that Amelia Earhart was captured by the Japanese. Meanwhile, Japanese authorities say, no, we, we didn't do that <laughs> and we have no record of that. So yeah, go away now. Which brings us to the fourth Amelia Earhart theory. Um, you think of her as this daring, trailblazing, bold pilot who set out to become the very first woman to fly across the globe. But in the book Lost Star, the theory goes that Amelia Earhart was more than that. She was a government spy, and she never intended to fly to Howard Island. Instead, she and her navigator, Fred Noonan, were on a top-secret spy mission to document what was going on at all of these Japanese military installations. They were going to document it for the feds, but they were spotted by the Japanese and shot down. And our final theory is the wackiest one of all, and here it goes. Amelia Earhart survived that plane crash into the Pacific Ocean. She was captured by the Japanese military. Then she was rescued by American forces and secretly moved to New Jersey, where she assumed the identity of housewife Irene Bolum. Now, that's a really fun conspiracy theory. The problem we have here is New Jersey housewife Irene Bolum filed a lawsuit and said, I am not Amelia Earhart. Stop it. <laughs> that is, so, that's the most yeah. ridiculous. Amelia Earhart yeah. had, had uh, plenty of ego, and she would not um, just retreat to uh, anonymity. Yeah with all of the accomplishments that she had. If, if I were to take a guess out of those four, and they're all fascinating, I think it would be an interesting movie to have all four endings. Um, I would say that she ran out of gas and crashed into the ocean. I mean, the ocean is a big place. The, and you'll know, I mean, the chances of finding, talk about a needle in a haystack. Yeah, but yeah, I thought as we are, we could be days away from confirmation that, yeah, that's Amelia Earhart's plane. I'd love I to know. Love to fun know. to revisit these theories. Yeah, we'll get this posted yeah, up yeah. on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. Bob and Cherry Books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandcherry.com. This is a really interesting situation. An Illinois man claimed his $1 million lottery prize on Valentine's Day after recently becoming single, according to the Illinois Lottery. A man in Illinois who wished to remain anonymous won a million dollars in the Monopoly 50X scratch-off game. Quote, After I scratched the winning ticket, I completely panicked. I immediately felt my life change. I almost didn't go to work. The winning ticket was brought, bought from a Walmart in North Lake. 
I don't have a special someone in my life right now because my girlfriend and I broke up three days before I bought the winning ticket. You can say I haven't had much love in the love department, much luck in the love department, but that's all right because now I really hit the jackpot. What would that be like for the girlfriend? Wow. I'm wow. sure she's open to get back together. I, I, I'm yeah. satisfied. They could, they could patch this up, I'm sure. <laughs> whatever he did, she didn't did, mean she'd what forgive. she said. Yeah, yeah, whatever she said, she didn't mean. <laughs> no, she didn't mean that at all. Uh, he's uh, he's taken it as a lump sum, and after taxes, he gets six hundred thousand dollars cash. You know, if you broke up just around Valentine's Day and you're sad. I just don't know what would help you more. Maybe somebody new, but even could somebody new replace the $600,000 cash money that you have? Better to have the money and take the time you need to heal from that relationship and learn yes. from it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can't tell me heal. you would can't tell me you'd trade 600k for somebody new. Come on. No, no. I'd be learning to heal uh, on the beaches of Kauai for a little while. I won that sort of money and it was single. So anyway, congratulations to that anonymous man in Illinois. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. So I was online and I found this article about first dates that went really poorly. And I, I had to read it because when I was in the dating world, I hated first dates so much. I've only had one first date that went well. Well, I'm glad this didn't happen to me. There were about 10 that were listed, and I'm just going to read this one here. I was a, This is a woman. I was a bit tipsy after drinking wine, and we went back to my place and started making out. When I pulled back, his face was covered in blood. So I panicked, and I said, you're bleeding. Horrified, he pointed at my face, and I realized I was having a heavy nosebleed. I cleaned up in the bathroom, and because I had been drinking, I somehow thought it would be logical to shove tampons up my nose to stem the nosebleed. That is a logical decision. So I went back downstairs with two tampons in my nose, and yes, the mood was very much killed. (laughs) Thank God I've never done anything like that. I I, I told you I had a, a, a lovely first date over to my bachelor pad years and years ago, and we had a... We had a uh, grill on the roof of this building. And I said, let me just throw some steaks on. And so I ran up, and I couldn't get the the grill to start, the gas grill to start. And when it finally did, it just blew. And um, I had a sweater on, a wool sweater. And it, 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 you know how wool sweaters have like little fur balls? Mm -hmm. It singed the fur balls and a little bit of my eyebrows. Thank God nothing else was wrong. So at that point, I'm going, what do I do here? Because you know? it, it's been a little longer than it should have taken just to put the steaks on. And so I went down and I decided you, you have a couple of choices. Well, three. One of them, you go in there and you go, you won't believe what just happened to me. The second one is you uh, don't say anything at all. All right. Even though you smell like Burned charred hair. wool and hair. And the third, the third one is you do the Bob Lacey sort of evasive tap dance thing. That's is, what you went. That's with, what right? I went with. 
And she said, everything all right? I went, oh, yeah, boy, I tell you what. Those girls are hotter than you think sometime. How about that? Oh, and then I like probably launched into some boring story about my early radio career or something. <laughs> just, just, just to, you know. Distract her. Just to distract her a little bit. Todd would have gone in and made a joke about the fact oh. that, I know when you met me, I had eyebrows, right? He would have done something I know, but, like that. Okay, but here's the danger of doing the Todd thing, which is actually the best thing. If it depends on the woman, if if you get a woman like my wife, who's got a really good sense of humor, I mean, she would want to know all the details. She would want to go up there. She tried to find like hair follicles up there yeah. just to be part of the story. That's fine. Then then you could do the comedic part. But if she is one of these babes that is kind of literal and maybe doesn't have the greatest sense of humor in the world. And doesn't like uncool things happening in her life. Those are my least favorite people to hang yeah, out with. I know. When you go down and you go, oh, you're not going to believe this. I just blew my eyebrows right off lighting the grill. She says either A, no, they're still there. Right. Or B, well, you should be more careful. Yeah. We're done. And, and yeah. C, when her friends say, how did that date would go, go? Oh, you mean with ass? <laughs> and I would never get another date. Now, this girl was really not what I was just describing there, but I didn't know her. You didn't know because it so was a first I, she date. She could have been that really stiff girl. Yeah, when I first started dating Jen, she invited me over for dinner at her house, and she decided we were going to cook out. And she said, go fire up the grill. And it was an infrared grill, and I had never used one before. So there's no flame. Oh. So I didn't think that the grill, you, you can't see lit. the flame. I didn't think it was lit, so the lid was shut. Yeah. And then I opened it, and I couldn't see any flames. So I hit it again to do it, and it went, oh, and I come running in, and I'm like, I come, I come running in, and I'm like, my eyes, my eyes, my <laughs> eyes, like that. And she just looked at me, and she went, that's a good thing your daughter knows how to do makeup. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah, because you just, I mean, Jen has a good sense of humor, yeah. you can get away with it. But uh, she was a very nice girl, we didn't date very long. But I don't know what to do with the painfully literal. I know. And I encounter them more than than I ever thought I would. It's not just the painfully literal. It's it's somebody that's I've found these women come from really pretty affluent families, and just um, unfortunate things they just don't want to be a part of very well, much. And they themselves don't make a lot of stupid awkward mistakes. No, they don't. They're very cautious. So you'll make a stupid awkward mistake, right. and you'll you'll say something self deprecating to kind of like smooth the moment. Yeah. Oh, and my life has been one series of stupid. And they'll say something like, "Oh, Bob." Don't be so cruel to yourself. You're not that clumsy. And then you, the, then you say, feel like, oh, my God. You, you, you describe exactly what happened. You get, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, I know what that means. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. All month, we're celebrating single people at bobandsherry.com. Why don't you go over there right now and enter to win a me party box from the Scone Goddess and Main Needham's. Anybody who is in their 50s or 60s or 70s probably still knows something about Taylor Swift. They may not know every song, but they probably know a couple of songs. And people who are in their teens, 20s, and 30s probably know a lot of Beatles songs. And everybody, you know, just shares, oh, that's that generation, but I sure do like this song, Penny Lane or whatever. But there are some things where we bifurcate. I have a friend who is a television weatherman. And one of the things 
that a weatherman has to do is take the handoff and then after he does or she does the weather, toss it back to the anchor. And my, my friend uh, who does this five days a week says, it's gotten a lot harder to do that. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, first of all, I work on weekends sometimes, and the average age of a weekend anchor outside of a major market, I think, is about 19 and maybe younger than that. They just look so young, and they are very young. And I hate to say this, because, but it's the truth. They work cheaper. If you're very, very young, you'll work for less money than somebody who is 45 years old and has a family. And I said, is that the only, uh, only reason? He said, no, they are awkward with tosses and, um, introductions because they were not brought up watching television. And I thought about that for just a minute. And I went, you know what? He's right. He is right. I was, all of us were brought up watching television. Mad- I'll use Madison, my stepdaughter and Hampton, my stepson. Hampton is still in college. Madison is at her first big job. I can't remember them sitting down and watching television. So if you didn't sit down and watch television and watch how, you know, older pros did things, you're not as likely to be comfortable in that format. Um, I grew up watching local news. Even as a teenager, I grew up watching Dick Clark, right? since I was like 10 years old, watching, you know, how game show hosts handle things. So at 28, when I got a TV gig, it was very easy for me to kind of imitate some of the people that I had seen for years. Like, hey, welcome to PM Magazine. I bet you didn't know how much fun it is to be a rhubarb farmer, but we are going to find out tonight. I can do that. And yes, Part of it is just BS, but you got to grease the wheels if you're the host of something. My friend, the uh, meteorologist, says he will say, well, I see that uh, you just had a story about a carnival coming up. Boy, that's uh, that's something that has its ups and downs. And, you know, maybe there was a shot of uh, a Ferris wheel going up. He'll do something like that and they'll go, <laughs> yeah, and it dies <laughs> because they're not used they didn't, they didn't grow up watching that BS that you have to be able to do when you're in that job. And so I said, well, what do you do? And he says, I just, uh, I just say, thank you, Bill, and go right into the weather at the end of it. And that looks like a sunny weekend coming up. Connie? And they take it right back because they are uncomfortable with that sort of back and forth. That's that's very important to be able to make the, the viewer comfortable watching. Yeah. And you can understand their position because if you were yeah. 14 years old today, I promise mm-hmm. you, you would have zero enthusiasm for watching local news. That's true. Think about it. You would yeah. have a gazillion other things to do uh, with a screen than watch, you know, the action news team cover right. a fire. You know, it just came down to like you grew up with three or four channels and these kids have everything like my girls watch Parks and Rec, uh, the Gilmore Girls, Lost. Now, Uh they've never seen a single episode of any of those shows broadcast on a television. 
They watch it right. on laptops and phones. They stream it. Right. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Like when they were little, they watched the Disney Channel and they would beg. Right. They would beg for Victorious and iCarly on Nickelodeon. But that was that was the end of television for them as we grew up watching it. Exactly. Whereas when we grew up, you almost to find out what the weather was, you had to watch the local uh, television station. So you're going to see the interaction. And sometimes it is kind of awkward. But, you know, if you get a a pretty good uh, news team, it's smooth. And they did not watch that. And they did not watch The Price is Right or as the, the aforementioned Dick Clark. Or the guy, Don, what's his name, who was on uh, the owner and MC on Soul Train. They didn't see that sort of show business. Don Cornelius. Let's show some respect. (laughs) The greatest (laughs) Afro in the world. Um, And so they're they're uncomfortable with that sort of socialization in front of a camera. And and maybe we're just in an an in-between phase, right? Mm-hmm. And just in, and whatever is coming next will seem as alien to mm-hmm. people that grew up with television as television right. seems to these kids. Yeah, right, exactly. But the, I just thought it was an the interesting truest, thing. We share some. The truest thing that your friend said is, they work for cheap. Um, if you want to have yeah. a really good time, let's say you're uh, in a on a business trip over a weekend and you're in the Econo Lodge or whatever, find the local news station on Saturday and watch the local news because this is right. the rookie team and everybody's got to learn somewhere. Right. But you will, exactly. you will feel like an adult because you'll be sitting there in your hotel room, drinking an overpriced mini bar bottle of wine going, Oh my God, the weatherman is nine. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> exactly. one foot in the grave. It's so true. It is. So oh true. my God. This is Bob and Sherry. <laughs> It's Bob and Sherry, the podcast. Okay, in the Bob and Sherry show, here's one for people who are out in the dating world. A study says we will tolerate just 51 minutes of a dodgy date before making an excuse to leave. And typically, if we're not actually on the date, we will cancel, if we're starting to feel that it's not going to work out, about 19 hours in advance. Would you like to hear the top 20 excuses people use to get out of a date? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I w- and I wish there I had known some of them back in the day. Tell me, uh, as we go along, tell me whether or not you would uh, try one of these. Number one, you're not feeling well. Number two, a family member is ill. Uh, hello, Diane. My cousin Steve was wandering in the woods and broke his leg, and I, I have to be with him. I'm so sorry. There's an emergency at work. You have a headache. You forgot about something important you need to do instead. That's a bad one there. Uh, tell them you realize you're not ready for a relationship. Ooh. I think that would so tick off a woman. If you had planned, and 19 hours before the date, you realize... I'm just not ready for a relationship because she is going to see through that in a second. Am I right, Sherry? Yeah, but, I, you know, even as I'm seeing through it, thank you for sparing me the time that I was going to spend wasting at the Red true. Lobster with you. Yeah, that's true. I, w- I, was told broke- one, I was told one time this woman said, I have to stop seeing you. My therapist and I decided that we sh- I shouldn't be seeing anybody right now. And then two weeks later, I'm in a restaurant. She shows up with another guy. 
Oh, but Bullet dodged. Oh my God, Bullet! Can I tell you? Can I tell you the best ending to the story? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that guy. So a friend of mine and I are talking, and we're talking about, and all of a sudden he says, "Was that restaurant such and such?" And I said, and she, he said, "And you were dating so and so?" And I said, "Yes." We ended up becoming friends later. Didn't know that that was the first interaction we had. Then the two of us ran into her somewhere, and she was the one who was uncomfortable. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other, other excuses people have used. This one actually is pretty good. I have a deadline for work, family, or friends. Just showed up for a surprise visit. Um, you forgot. <sighs> Come on. Ooh, no, no, do no, better. don't do that. You can do better than that. Your pet is ill. Now, that one, I think, possibly could be successful, especially if you have a date with somebody who has a cat or a dog or something like that. You accidentally already ate. Uh, oh, that's lame. I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. You I might be able to. I, I accidentally yeah. fall into a plate of food all the time. <laughs> you, you cannot find the date venue. That's BS. Everybody has GPS. That's, that doesn't work. Um, you've been arrested. <laughs> um, that's that's, that's good. a good one. It's going to be hard. This to is prove. my only phone call. I'm making it to you. <laughs> to you. Yeah, that's right. Your date looks too similar to a sibling or a relative or an ex. Well, didn't you know that ahead of time? Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. You've just been mugged. <laughs> that's a good one. It's original, at least. Linda, oh man, I can't make it. Uh, two guys. That's just pretty good if you're in up. New York. I'm pretty sure that'll go. Maybe, York, maybe. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, a pipe burst at home. That's going to be one you're going to have to prove if you, you know, rekindle the relationship. But uh, there they are. There they are. Is honesty the best policy? Is it? Yeah. Is it just better to call up and say, you know, I'm just going to be honest. Um, I'm just. I'm not feeling it, and uh, I don't want to waste your time. Is 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 that better than anything that I just mentioned? I I think so because it doesn't leave room for hope. Um, if your pet is sick, eventually, when your pet has recovered, are we going to yeah. reschedule? Right? Yeah. That's when your right. visiting relatives leave, are we going to reschedule? Like uh, anything but the truth leaves you with a fake hope. Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah, because if you have a real excuse, you you do say to them, but but please let's do this in the future. If you don't say that, I think it's pretty obvious what's happening. If you can't hey, pick Max, up on Rick, that cue, your headache hey, is going to go away. Yeah, you and I are such people pleasers. We would rather go ahead and marry them than hurt their feelings. <laughs> hey, how do you how do you think I have children? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm so All thankful right, for them. Yeah. We're going to we're going to end with some good Bob and Sherry memories there, I think. It's Bob and Sherry. Come visit the Bob and Sherry store. Wish you were here. To find great deals down every aisle. Wish you were here. We wish you were here to get the book of Bob, cooking with cats, Bob and Sherry grocery totes, phone cases, shirts, night shirts, caricature mugs, scones from the scone goddess. Water bottles, true weird stuff, merchandise, and more. We wish you were here for the time of a lifetime. 
The Bob and Cherry Store on the shop tab at bobandcherry.com. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Cherry app. You know, we see a lot of different things that get auctioned off at those big uh, auction things and like in London and stuff like that. Well, here's yeah. one you haven't heard before. A 285-year-old lemon, actual the fruit lemon, was found in the back of an old cabinet drawer, and it was auctioned off in England. Uh, Brittell's auctioneers in Shropshire said a 19th century cabinet was brought to the auction house by a family who said it had belonged to a deceased uncle. A specialist was taking pictures of the cabinet so that they could, you know, for sale, and the lemon was discovered in the back of the drawer. The fruit was inscribed with the message given by Mr. P. Lou Francini, November 4, 1739, to Miss E. Baxter. The lemon may have been brought to England as a romantic gift from India or something like that. That's what they're thinking. The lemon itself is four years older than Thomas Jefferson, who was born in 1743. (laughs) Wow. The French and Indian War, which predated the American Revolution, did not start for another 15 years after the lemon was picked. The wow. auction house the auction house decided to attempt to sell the lemon. A right. bidding war broke out, and officials were shocked when it fetched $1,780. Is it is it in Somewhat good shape. Yeah, is it yes, still it's real yellow? dark. It's real dark. It's, no, it's real yeah. dark. It's dark brown, but uh-huh. you can read all the writing on it. And yeah. the cabinet, the cabinet sold for forty dollars. <laughs> you know, this is so cool, though. It's an yeah, it ancient is. lemon, and you yeah. can imagine at a time when such such a thing would be exotic. Like that would be a romantic gift. Here's the story no? of my life. Here's the story of my life. Carl is making a drink. It calls for fresh lemon. <laughs> yeah. Right. Here we go. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. So, That's yeah. pretty cool, though. That is pretty this cool. Is, right. This is Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.